0: Yes, I do, Sister White.
1: We will not fear.
0: The kingdom is alive. The kingdom's on the move. with the poor and the meek and the hungry and the lonely.
1: I'll never forget it. Welcome to Adventist Voices. I'm Alexander Carpenter, and I am... Honored to be joined by Alyssa Williams, Managing Editor of Spectrum Magazine, and intrepid Twitter reporter for us this last, uh, what has it been, a week, more?
0: Uh, like 10 days, I think, since, yeah. Wow. <laughs> October, 6th, October 6th to October 14th. It's been, it's, it's been a while. <laughs>
1: 10 days of annual council. Thank you so much, Alyssa, for putting all that work in.
0: You're very welcome.
1: So, um, I wanted to talk with you because you've been paying attention to what's been happening with annual council, but also what's been happening around annual council with folks following it and um, the kind of onlineness of this whole uh, experience. So, Let's um, maybe hit the important stuff first, which is congratulations on getting a bingo uh, while watching <laughs> annual council.
0: <laughs> Thank you. I've gotten, I actually got like five of them. Wow. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. Yes, uh, uh, One of my friends created uh, GCAC bingo cards and I have been having a great time with them.
1: And do you mind just explaining what's on the bingo card and, and uh, how it felt to get uh, your first bingo, <laughs> at least?
0: Yeah, sure. So, well, there's been a couple different versions that were done. Um, and, you know, they just included different phrases or words like, uh, well, annual council, quinquennium, electronic voting, uh, youth baptism, you know, all these different words. And I I, um, I struggled for the first few days. I wasn't quite hitting bingo. And then all of a sudden, I think it was day four or something. I got like quadruple bingo that day. And then I got bingo again today. So I'm pretty happy about that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's great. Um, you know, my dad used to uh, help me as a kid pay attention in church by playing this game where he would look at the ser- sermon title and write down some words. And then I would mark every time that word was spoken by the pastor. I used to love that. Um, as a That's kid. That's
0: awesome. Let me tell you, it's a great way to stay awake and stay engaged.
1: Yes, absolutely. Well, uh, since you've been staying awake and staying engaged, do you <laughs> mind just hitting the uh, kind of any, what what's the news coming out of annual council for folks who, you know, kind of, Maybe are curious what, what it was all about.
0: Sure. So I'll say right off the bat, hopefully this doesn't make people stop listening, but there wasn't anything like controversial this time. There wasn't anything, you know, to get like, you know, there wasn't anything regarding women's ordination or compliance. I don't think those words were even mentioned the whole time, but there were some really interesting things. So on day one, they unveiled a new, uh, electronic voting system uh, to be used because obviously they are using Zoom because of COVID, and so they are using um, a company called Election Buddy. And I was a little bit nervous <laughs> for them when they first unveiled this because, as most of us know, um, I think this is the third um, electronic voting system they've tried to use, and uh, um, you know, since 2015. And they always kind of crash and burn. Um, this one, however, seems to have worked. Um, it was a very large um, consensus on using it, and then they were doing a calibration vote each morning, um, which had active participation. And then the actual votes throughout uh, annual council also seemed to work very well with the system. So that was exciting to see that that the general conference has has moved into the 21st century, and um, I am very happy for them.
1: Yeah, yeah. We'll see if this uh, sticks around um, uh, whenever we have the general conference session in person again. But speaking of yeah. that, um, I'm curious, what, what what was the talk about upcoming general conference sessions? Will Will that be happening anytime soon?
0: Yes. So general conference, you know, it was obviously supposed to happen in end of June, early July of 2020. It got postponed due to COVID, which is kind of, you know, the <laughs> story of the year. COVID is just wreaking havoc right and left. Um, they postponed it until May of 2021. And so a couple different days over annual council, they talked about different aspects of what uh, GC session is going to look like because, even if COVID has um, dissipated by May, most likely, you know, travel restrictions are not going to be lifted. It's going to be really difficult to get uh, all of the delegates actually there in person. So there were a few decisions made with that, a few votes taken in regards to, okay, are we going to allow, you know, electronic votes from delegates who aren't actually there uh, because they are planning to still have GC session meet in Indianapolis in May in the Lucas Oil Stadium. However, they recognize that they're not going to get all of the delegates there. So, so there was talk around that and how to, how, how to do that. There was a lot of talk around uh, the fact that everyone needs to be socially distanced. So they're going to be in this gigantic stadium that seats, you know, tens of thousands of people. But they um, only, they can, everybody has to be at least six feet apart, so they're gonna be spaced out. And along with that, because the delegates are gonna have to be so spaced out in the, in the oil stadium, the decision has been made that no, um, no lay members are going to be able to attend. And I believe they're allowing spouses um, of delegates, but if you're just a regular member who likes attending GC session and sitting in on the business meeting, Um, which, you know, typically draw several thousand people, Um, that's not going to be allowed this year. So, um, in addition to that, they had announced a few months ago that the exhibit hall would not be happening, which, uh, of course, that's always a major draw, is going around from booth to booth and seeing the different Adventist organizations that are represented. Um, And so they had announced previously that's not happening, But what they announced this time at Annual Council is that they are going to do a virtual exhibit hall, which sounds really cool. You know, the people whose booths were accepted to be part of that, obviously, Spectrum (laughs) was not allowed to be part of the exhibit hall, unfortunately. But for those who were accepted, they're going to be part of this virtual exhibit hall that people can tour online. And it's going to be interesting to see how that rolls out. But it sounded like a really cool um a way to do it.
1: Yeah. You know, uh, I think it's interesting that they're trying to still meet in person, but limiting really a lot of what the general uh, conference session has become, which is really a festival of Adventism. So maybe this online thing will um, provide a little of that Um, What was the energy like as you were watching annual council? Um, How were the attendees uh, kind of interacting? Was it contentious? Was it boring? What was the vibe?
0: (laughs) You know, I think, uh, I think boring is probably a great word for it. Um, You know, it's gotta be tough because when you're there in person, uh, there's so much energy in the room and you know, it's, 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 very easy for a delegate to go up to the mic and say what they have to say, whether that's good or bad. And then of course, you know, people kind of, there's this domino effect of, you know, there's conversation created and when you're doing it over zoom, obviously there's some technical difficulties. So mostly it was pretty smooth this time, but you also, uh, you have the fact that, you know, this is, you know, they were holding it at uh, 7 a.m. Eastern time. Um, to try their best to accommodate all of these delegates from all over, the, all over the world. But, you know, in California, that's, what, 4 a.m.? Yeah. And then in, you know, for the, for the delegates in Asia, that's very late at night. And so, you know, you'd see the, you'd see the delegates on Zoom, and some of them are <laughs> – some of them look like they're maybe nodding off <laughs> a little bit. Um, some, <laughs> some of them are kind of slumped over. And, and who can blame them, really? Um, you know when when you're dealing with uh, <laughs> when you're dealing with just sitting there at your computer and trying to just listen and watch and be engaged, it's it's completely going to change the energy of the whole meeting. And and you asked about you know was there any like contentiousness or anything like that? There really wasn't. There were a few um, comments made on different things, but nothing major. And it was interesting because at one point. Um, I don't remember which issue this was on, but it became clear that the chair of the meeting wasn't, um, he was having technological issues. So he wasn't able to see the people who were like raising their hands virtually, wanting to speak. And somebody else had to let him know, hey, there are a few people who are, you know, lined up in the queue, in the virtual queue to speak. And so they, they were able to get that worked out. And those individuals said their piece. But it, I wonder if, the fact that it did seem like kind of a convoluted way in which people um, had to let let the officials know that they wanted to say something, um, combined with the odd time that they were meeting, just contributed to people saying, "You know what? I'm just not going to say anything. I have thoughts on this, but it's not worth it's not worth bringing it up."
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, I think one of the uh, issues that I noticed was uh, talk of finances and um, also they released an image of church demographics. Do you mind just talking about those two kind of numbers?
0: Sure. So the church finances, I think, um, unsurprisingly, anyone have taken a hit because of COVID. Tithe and offerings are down. Von uh, uh Spectrum Editor, has sent some really great daily reports that outline uh, these different numbers and basically the the big number that I took away from things is that um, they anticipate that the 2020 tithe and off- tithe and mission offerings will be well below 2019 levels um, with a negative financial impact of about $26 million, which is a huge hit. And uh, so they are having to cut into uh, the, um, the reserves, um, that the GC has in order to to help alleviate that that financial strain. So that that was a big topic that came up. The church demographic um, um, conversation is always interesting. I do not remember specific numbers off the top of my head, but but at one point I, I think it might have been David Trim, um, the director of the GC Archives, who who brought up, or maybe it was GTE. Um, the executive secretary who brought up the the idea of the Adventist village and what a village would look like if it was comprised of, of Adventists, and, and uh, as as has been the case for many years, uh, Africa and South America continue to have the, the largest percentages, um, which with much smaller percentages in Europe and North America, and things like that. But it's always it's always cool to see how diverse our church is, and to see just. How much representation we have across the world is really just amazing and it's it's hard to picture um, but it's really cool to think about
1: yeah I th- I think the numbers are important for folks to recognize um, I think about seventy percent of Adventists live in Africa or South America Central America um, and you know less than ten percent live in um, North America and Europe, so those numbers seem to be trending um, in a direction that means that you know the the center of the church is really um, you know uh, on the, in the southern hemisphere.
0: Right, absolutely. And they didn't go into it quite as in depth this year as they have in the past. But in the past, they've done some really interesting presentations of looking at the church over the decades. You know, from when it was first initially created in 1863 to present day and, and seeing that how, how really, you know, the church obviously was founded and began in North America and how that message has just really infiltrated the entire globe. And you, you can see that through the numbers and it's, it's, it's just, it's so cool.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, was interested in um, the conversation that was happening around annual council. Um, because there wasn't the kind of big controversies like about um, women's ordination, um, it it surprised me how many folks were actually paying attention and tweeting about it, but in a really interesting way. Of course, you always provide some great um, commentary in addition to your reporting. And you had a really great community that was at times watching along with you and interacting. Do you mind just talking about that kind of side conversation about annual council?
0: Sure. So, honestly, one of my favorite uh, parts of any of, time there's a church, an official church meeting like annual council or spring meeting or GC session is just connecting with fellow as an as through Twitter, seeing how many Adventists are on Twitter, because, you know, when you're just going about Twitter on a day-to-day basis doing your own thing, you don't realize, you know, that the that small Adventist community is also there. Uh, so it's always really fun to connect with people. It, it definitely didn't seem like there were quite as many people this time around, and I think that that probably did have something to do with the fact that there weren't any contentious issues on the agenda, but there was still a good number of people and it's just so fun to see what people are thinking about it, that there's people up and watching it at, you know, 7 a.m. <laughs> Eastern time. Um, and to be able to connect with those people is just, to me, it's really special. One of the uh, the funniest things that I thought happened this year that was completely unexpected, you know, last year we had uh, hashtag gossip juice that yes. premiered based on Neil Medley's worship talk um, where he pulled out this obscure quote about from Ellen White about how uh, caffeine consumption causes gossip and gossip juice was created. So that was the big fun thing uh, in the Twitterverse uh, regarding 2019 annual council. So this year, it seems that uh, parody accounts was the big thing. Yes. The, uh, for whatever reason, <laughs> and I have no idea what happened, but it was this snowball effect of, you know, and I couldn't even tell you which one came first. There's always been a few parody accounts on Twitter. There's an LNG G. White one. There's a Joseph Bates. Then, of course, you know, the beloved SCE caricatures who coined Gossip Juice. These have always existed. Um, but all of a sudden, there were other ones coming up and some really obscure ones. Uh, yeah, William Miller made an appearance. Uh, let's see, who else? Um, Hiram Etson. William Foy, uh, Frank Bindel, who I had to, some of these people I had to Google. I just, you know, they were coming out of the woodwork right and left. Um, my, my favorite um, person from Adventist history, Margaret Rowenson, showed up. And I'm just watching all of these come through and going, what is happening <laughs> Going on, so that was really to me that was a lot of fun. Um, it's certainly not everybody's sense of humor. I think there there were certainly some people getting I think annoyed at the parody accounts. Uh, but to me, I I just think it's hilarious, and it's it's a it's an interesting way to engage, right? You know, obviously these people are here, they're tweeting, they're involved in a very, you know, uh, fun and a fun way, but but they're there they're paying attention. And I think that that says something.
1: Yeah. For folks who aren't very online, um, or on Twitter, uh, Twitter allows you to make, um, anonymous accounts. And, um, it was really interesting to see folks create these accounts for Adventist pioneers, folks from Adventist history and, um, kind of comment, uh, in their voice. Um, and, you know, it was a kind of a great moment for, um, Adventist history because it was, uh, a chance to look up some obscure Adventists. And it was also really fun to have these different uh, historical characters uh, commenting on contemporary events and commenting on each other <laughs> as well.
0: <laughs> exactly. You know, I saw a couple of my friends make comments about how this is this is how they know Adventist history is, is through these parody accounts. And I think that that's a really interesting uh, analysis, which maybe <laughs> I think maybe our official historians probably cringe at that idea, but but you have to admit that creating a parody account and then I think being very strategic with uh, learning the history of that individual and tweeting uh, in uh, in the vein of their personality is going to reach people in a way that an official you know archival document isn't. That a three thousand word historical footnoted article isn't and and you can hope my my thinking is that if somebody sees like rachel oaks preston represented on twitter and they go who is this person and they start googling because they found the twitter uh account interesting um they're going to come across some of that some of the more official uh, historical record and they're going to learn something from that so to me this is all this is all great it's a <laughs> it's a great way to reach people.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for talking with me today and for continuing to, um, be out there reporting and, and working for our spectrum community.
0: Absolutely. Thank you, Alex. Yes, I do. Sister White.
1: We will not
0: fear. The kingdom is alive on the moon with the poor and the meek and the hungry and the
1: lonely. I'll never forget it.